It is The Brink coming to you again for our monthly quota. We've achieved it. I'm saying it right now. We've achieved it. It's November. We're guaranteed to have an episode next month because it's best of months. Therefore, happy 2023. We've achieved it. Our first year we've done monthly episodes in forever. So yippee for me being organized. But it's exciting to once again have another episode and bring in somebody else to talk with me this week. Because when I do the episodes by myself, I'm just a loser, which I already am, already. But this person being on the show this week makes me less of a loser because I get to play this. And an eagle gets its wings because it's Casey Howran. Hello, Casey. Welcome back. Hello. Always so entertaining. I was going to say, fun story about this national anthem. Last night I saw Robbie Williams and uh, he was doing this whole thing talking about his previous days in the band Take That. And then at one point he randomly started singing the uh, opening lines of uh, Oh, say can you see? It was actually quite funny. So, um, yeah. Aw. Do you know who Robbie Williams is? Have we had this conversation before? We have, and I vaguely know who he is. Vaguely, because he's never cracked America, which is it's baffling because he's so entertaining. Which more, it's like I know his name because he's not Robin Williams. Mm. Like that is true. He's not Robin Williams. That is correct. Yeah, but it's like therefore I know there's this guy out there called Robbie Williams, and he's a singer, and he exists. It's it's fascinating. Can't tell you anything that he has done. But I, I really find it interesting that you have someone like that who literally sells out fifty thousand seat stadiums in Australia, England, across Europe, like pretty much everywhere in the world except for the US. And I think about these big name music acts who can do that, and it's it's rare that you would have them that wouldn't do that in the US. Uh, it's I mean, I guess it's the only thing I can think of that comparable in America is that you maybe have country artists that if they went to England or Europe, they're not going to sell anywhere. Although Luke Combs came yeah. here to Australia and was selling out 20,000 seat stadiums. It's, it's, it's odd. But, I mean, it's, that's the only thing. Can you think of other American acts? Americans like the world, right? So, like, you know, you've got a big name American act. They're going to sell out no matter where they go. Yeah. But I almost feel like that's what makes it harder for international stars to make it is because just the American entertainment industry is so saturated. Yeah. So good point. Good like point. we've already got so many people that it's someone from another country, even if they're like really famous, there, still may not make it here. And I still find it fascinating though. And this isn't what we were meant to talk about, but we're on the topic. Let's keep talking about it. That even some of your say, sports stars in sports that are very American. I'm thinking the NFL, Mm -hmm. Tom Brady. I just literally saw that Tom Brady's coming to Australia to do like a speaking tour in arenas. And it's like, I mean, that's random. he's a big name and he's a big deal. I get it. But like NFL is somewhat big here, but I can't imagine that Tom Brady would, you know, go to England. Maybe we'll go to England. I don't know. I'm I'm trying to think of a random place. Burkina Faso. Tom Brady's not going to go there and sell out arenas in Burkina Faso, but it's interesting. But yeah, Rob, Robbie Williams is. I just I do not understand how he's not cracked the US because he is one of the most entertaining performers you can watch, and just so engaging last night. And the stories he would tell around like his boy band days would take that, and then just he's got a which maybe you could see. I haven't watched it yet, but he's got a, a Netflix documentary just dropped on him, like a three part documentary which kind of just goes into him like being addicted to drugs and like everything in the 90s and how he sort of overcame it to become I think in the UK I think he still holds a record for the highest grossing like he sold like 1.5 million tickets in a day or something ridiculous and he was making fun of it last night and there's a concert DVD which I've got which is amazing he got like 300,000 people to this concert uh, it's called Live at Nebworth and it's insane to see the amount of people that showed up to it so I, I think you'd enjoy him. He's got good music and he's just very engaging personality, a very entertaining guy. I'm sure. Although I feel like it's also his past as like boy band. Yeah. We've got so many of those, let alone like then you split them all apart and then have like the individuals from all the boy bands who then try to go off and make careers. And now they're all coming back together. So like our boy band 
that's it is also kind of at max capacity. Which I think it's but the opposite. Even, opposite for English bands. The English boy bands don't get back together. Once they break up, they hate each other. They never talk to each other again. With American ones like NSYNC, Backstreet Boys, they just get back together. <laughs> yeah, and all of those, it's like all of those English boy bands and girl groups from like the 90s mm. and stuff it was definitely a much harder time to get recognized in the u.s True. when we had backstreet boys in sync britney like you had to be really really famous to make it like i think like the spice girls i know i'm like one of the lone s club seven fans which but, i was gonna like, ask you about because like i know I'm a, i i laugh a little bit about it but i actually admire the fact that you you big fandom i like it when people are a big fan of say i don't say a fringe band but like they're not you know the spice girls but how then is it that you know s club seven because i would argue that robbie williams i mean s club seven were big here too don't get me wrong but they kind of faded into obscurity after like 1999 Whereas, like, Robbie Williams and Take That and the bands and sort of Boyzone and Westlife, those bands sort of still, I would say, stand the test of time. So I find that fascinating that S Club 7 kind of fractured the Casey Hower and Psyche of fandom. It was their TV show. I was obsessed with their TV show, which ran for, like, five, three, four or five years or something. Didn't even know they had a TV show, to be honest. Yeah. Wow. And it was on, like... The it was on ABC Family, which means nothing to you. I know what ABC like the, Family is. Fine. Yeah, like the channel would watch on the weekends and after school, so it was there and like always on. So interesting, interesting. You did go to London recently and see them, and you said this is a big call. You said there's maybe the best concert you've ever seen. Now I'm not gonna bag you out for her, but I know you went and saw the Eras tour, which is you know the hottest thing since sliced bread. I think you're going to see it again next year. That's how much you love your Tay-Tay and that show. But, like, that's a big call. Because even as a non-Taylor Swift yeah. fan, I know how epic that tour is. So for you to say that S Club 7 is better, that's a that's a big call. Which, like, I've talked about this with a few people. I said it was better because S Club 7 was, like, my obsession mm. way before Taylor Swift was even on the scene. I was diehard for S Club 7, had all the Barbie dolls, would make my parents record the TV show on VHS when, like, I would have to miss it because I was going to dance class or something. So constantly was, like, S Club 7. They're the best. They're my favorite as a little kid. But never got to see them live and have maintained this love for them over the years. Like, they're one of my favorite, like, nostalgia bands to listen to. And so to finally go see them in concert and like experience seeing them perform all of my favorite songs from childhood, that was a whole different, super fun experience. Taylor Swift, like also one of the best concerts ever, but I've seen Taylor Swift before multiple times, have this love for her. She's an incredible performer too, but like, that nostalgia factor for S Club 7 really, like, made it feel like way more of a once-in-a-lifetime experience mm. versus Taylor Swift, where I'm going to go see her again. I get it. And I think you have it's- those levels of connection. Like, I say the best I've seen is Madonna, but there's many levels. I mean, it was a fantastic show, but obviously there's the the fandom I have. If I'm to, like... You know, like, I love the Backstreet Boys, but they're not sort of ever been in the top 10 of my acts. But they're earlier this year. That was one of the best shows I'd ever seen for a group of mid-40s guys who, you know, have been doing this for, you know, crazy 30 years to put on that show. And even Robbie Williams, he's about to turn 50. And last night, he was it was freaking epic. You know, like, it was just the amount of, uh, you know, p- performance and, and bravado you can put into a show like that when you've been doing it for so long. Um, so, no, I totally get it. I mean, Paul McCartney a few weeks ago is what, in his 80s, basically, and he's not as engaging and not as, like, you know, fireworks. Well, he did do some fireworks, but, yeah, it's it's interesting. It's the worst concert you've seen. Is there been one that you've gone to or you've been excited for and you've gone, oh, actually, they weren't that good? Mm. Put her on the spot. I don't think... I don't think there's been, like, a standout bad concert that i've gone to i feel like i've seen 
concerts that I haven't cared that much about, but I would mm. like um been to a couple of like country concerts where I don't care that much about the particular artists, but going there for the tailgating and the like drinking and the hanging out experience. And that's always really fun. I don't think there's ever been like a full concert that I've sat through and been like, oh, that wasn't good. Yeah. Like this podcast, people sit through it. and Yeah, exactly. That's not really good. Um, I was going to ask you about Thanksgiving. This week, the time people are listening to this is Thanksgiving, which is my, I mean, I've experienced two American Thanksgiving, one Canadian Thanksgiving, and have to say, this is a holiday that I, like, I don't care for us stealing Halloween. I don't care for us stealing Black Friday. Like, bullshit. Don't care. I want us to have Thanksgiving because Thanksgiving is amazing. And it's it's the food that makes it amazing. I mean, this is this is like America's favorite holiday, right? Like, you like Christmas, but, like, the biggest deal for Americans is actually Thanksgiving, not Christmas. For a lot of people, yeah, it's my favorite holiday. Why is why why like because it's you got that unique position where it's what four weeks essentially between Christmas and Thanksgiving. So you got these two big family gathering holidays that happen within the space of a month. Why is it? Do you think that people like Thanksgiving more? Is it because of the food? Like, and it's not like you don't do presents, so it's kind of like there's not that pressure, if you know what I mean. Like, kind of. Do you feel it's just more of a let's get together, eat food and and chill rather than some of the other stuff that comes with Christmas? Yeah. And I think it's kind of just the gathering with the people you love, lots of good food. It's kind of the unofficial kickoff of the holiday season. So it starts off the really big uptake of Christmas music, decorations, all of that. So... What's not to like? It's cozy, so much good food. Is it also, I guess, and it probably is the obvious answer, that we've missed the elephant in the room. It's not a religious holiday, whereas obviously the real meaning of Christmas is is Jesus and religion and all that kind of stuff. So some people, Christmas is nothing. Some people just ignore it. Uh, others, it's the complete opposite. It's much more of a religious observation, so they do a lot of things around that, whereas Thanksgiving pilgrims and and the dinner and all that kind of fun stuff so i mean i guess it's it's got a little less connotations around it where it's more of a let's get together and celebrate these people having a dinner what 200 300 for how many years ago was that i, I don't know my math i don't know <laughs> 300 odd years ago but even like now people are trying to disassociate it of course they from, are like, all of that but I mean, it is just a feel-good... Like, yeah, it's just about being together with your family, sharing a meal, spending quality time together. And I feel like it's one of those holidays where it probably sucks if you're the one doing all of the cooking. But I don't know. I mean, me personally, I just show up and You do, and, ma- and put and... some beans in a thing and put some soup on top of it. But I don't know, like, I I get it. Like, some people don't like cooking. But, like, last year I had my first ever Christmas by myself. And I cooked for myself. And it was kind of fun. I wish there was other people to eat it. And then I know when I've had Christmases in other parts of the world, you know, it's just been me and somebody else. Then, like, it's kind of like you do a bit of cooking. But I I kind of like to experience, like, cooking a big feast for Thanksgiving. I kind of envy your mum. That kind of sounds fun. I mean, she's not looking forward to it. But it's also... I think one of those things where we all do end up helping out throughout the day mm. to opening soup. take some of the pressure off, but then it's like still really nice because then we're all like in the same room, kind of like talking, chatting, catching up while all of that is going on. So it's all of the lead up to it too. And I'm a big fan of the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. Like, that's my one of my favorite parts of the day. Get up early, Which, watch the parade, all the Broadway performances at the beginning. and We've talked about this. I know we've talked about this. Because you lived in New York, obviously, but you never saw it. I mean, my first ever experience of Thanksgiving was 2010 
I was in New York and we went and watched the parade. I saw the Jonas Brothers. I saw Kanye. I saw Kylie Minogue. They were in it. They were waving at me. I'm like 50 people back and see giant fucking balloons, but it was amazing. And then you turn around and you realize there's another 2,000 people. You're stuck in the middle, completely blocked in. But you, what, have never gone and watched it, essentially, which amazes me. You live there. No. But always did Thanksgiving at home. My parents did not live in New York City. Um, but it also just doesn't feel the same because you can't, like my favorite part is the Broadway shows mm. and the Rockettes mm-hmm. at the very beginning in Herald Square. Some of that is pre-recorded, and you also like would have to fight tooth and nail to get like one of those seats. They yeah. may even be like ticketed. I don't know. And that's what I like want to see. And then the rest, it's just having it on kind of in the background as all the cooking starts and stuff. So it's less about wanting to like see the parade in person and more. It's just like a staple part of the day. It's yeah. I mean, a random comparison, which you will experience next year. It is kind of almost like a formula one race. Realistically, a formula one race is much better to watch on TV the watching a Grand Prix live is great. It's a great experience. I love doing it. Don't get me wrong. But like, think about it. You're at a certain point of a track. You're just watching a car go, new, new, new. And if you're not near a TV screen, yeah. you're not near anything. You're not, you know, you're knowing what the fuck's going on, but it's still an experience. Whereas like, obviously that, like, surely is it a bucket list thing? Like when I'm there, are you going to want to come and see it? It's kind of like to me, like New Year's Eve in Times Square. It seems like a torturous experience. You're there for 12 no, hours. You got to pee in a bucket. I don't want to do that either. I want to do like, it. Like, no, never, ever doing <laughs> New Year's in Times Square. That is an absolutely not situation. <laughs> I'll do it by myself then. <laughs> Unless you happen to, like, have an apartment in or, or a hotel room that overlooks Times Square and you can see the ball drop, I would be there with you. <laughs> but, no, I'm not standing I'm sure when time, I move back, that's, that's going to happen immediately. Like, I, you know how I feel about Times Square on any day of the year let alone on New Year's Eve. That yeah. Absolutely not. I don't, I don't get it. And I don't get it. It's... I mean, I kind of feel the same way about seeing the parade in person because, yeah, you're in this, like, huge crush of people. All you can kind of see would be, like, the balloons because they're up high, but, like, you can't really see everything else that's going on just because, like, people are definitely going to be in front of you blocking the views, can't get out because you're surrounded like that does not sound fun it was it was very interesting i mean where we were staying was i think like around the corner from where the parade route was so we're in a good location but yeah it was it was interesting i want to ask what your mum's food specialities are because my two experiences with thanksgiving the first one in 2010 was four australians who didn't really know what to do so we just went to a deli nearby and got a couple of turkey slices Uh, i think we had some chicken nuggets um, it was a very weird for Australians create Thanksgiving in New York. But then my second experience was incredible in Nebraska on a farm, uh, just with the, the most amazing food. And as I always share the story of sweet potato and marshmallow, which was just one of the most amazing things ever in my mouth. But what does your mum cook? What's your mum's? Does she have a speciality dish or anything along those lines? I, we do the turkey. And depending on the number of people, it's usually like one whole turkey and then a separate turkey breast to make sure that there's enough for everyone. The stuffing, of course, um, mashed potatoes. The green bean casserole is my favorite. The stuffing is my sister's favorite. (laughs) Yes, I usually make it. Um, Stuffing. And then everybody also loves her sweet potato souffle. There are no marshmallows in it, but... Amazing, and then pumpkin pie. Usually have like. Is that what you do? Yes. Mhm. Yeah, pumpkin pie. It's usually pumpkin pie and an apple pie, mm. and sometimes some other form of dessert. Um, I've been told that this year it used to like be a regular occurrence, but the past couple of years it hasn't been on the menu because my mom hates making it but she told me i get to make it this year since i'm home early uh we do this frozen cranberry salad which it's like definitely a recipe from like the 50s or (laughs) something because it's cranberry sauce cool wit and like 
cream cheese or something oh, like all yum. whipped together and then frozen and it's so good that well, sounds like yeah but that's kind of sounds a good. pain to me that i i love i love cool whip I, I don't think you watch family guy but it just reminds me of stewie on family guy cool whip it's like what are you saying cool whip it's like why are you saying it like that cool whip what are you talking about i'm saying it properly um hilarious but i mean just it just makes me jealous casey like it does like even like Canadian Thanksgiving, which, I mean, I could probably sit here and loosely explain why you guys celebrate Thanksgiving because we get enough American media here to know the backstory about Thanksgiving. But somebody tried to explain Canadian Thanksgiving to me, and I'm just like, I love you, Canada, but you've just gone, oh, hey, those people down south do something cool, so we're going to make up an excuse and do it ourselves. Like, that wasn't a reason. No, no Canadian can explain why they do Thanksgiving. Why is it in October? But anyway, it's still good food it's still very much the food you guys have and i thoroughly enjoyed yeah. having thanksgiving in canada don't get me wrong it's, but yeah it was weird it's my favorite meal i it's like so when good. i was in london for grad school i clearly missed thanksgiving mm. and so i made my mom cook like a whole thanksgiving meal <sighs> in september before i left so that i could I'm, have it as like my last meal at home i'm i'm i mean i'm still going to be keto next week but i am very tempted next thursday to just go buy myself some turkey and just have some just something uh, Thanksgiving related because, I mean, I just... You should. It is an amazing thing. The one thing I'll ask before we, we move on to the next bit is I, I did remember seeing, like, Thanksgiving to me was never, again, never experienced until when I first there in 2010, but I never assumed it was a let's put up decorations, let's buy cards. I remember I was in Chicago before we went to New York and I saw, like, in, I think it was a McDonald's, they had Thanksgiving decorations and then you could like go to stores and you buy each other Thanksgiving cards. Like, is that a thing or is it just some places? No, I think dumb? that's just like people trying to get you to buy things. <laughs> I mean, like people who host Thanksgiving, it's not like they'll decorate specifically for Thanksgiving, but it's a lot of that same fall decor, mm. like all the pumpkins and those like turkeys like, dangling from the ceiling. I remember it was like, okay. yeah, no, that's like not a thing i feel like little kids will make little like turkeys in school and, and the presidential turkey like, pardon that's one of my favorite things i don't you know i love it when you see the president pardoning a turkey it's great yeah which but, I, I, know, I don't buy that turkey actually. doesn't just go on the table a week later anyway but um you know but you guys love cards like this is a thing the one thing i, I know about you americans is that cards are a thing. Like, you just are obsessed. Like, Valentine's Day still baffles me that you guys just give your friends Valentine's Day cards. Like, in Australia, it's like, no, this is like a lover thing. You're like, oh, fuck, you're my best friend. You're my third favorite friend. Here's a Valentine's Day card. It's very strange. Yeah. And, and Christmas, you, just, you do the standard family, like, let's put on, you know, he's our dog near a Christmas tree. and Send out cards to everybody you know. We're yeah. not a, we're not a, I mean, we do cards in Australia, but we're not like American card level. Like, you. so I'm surprised Thanksgiving isn't a, any excuse to give a card no <laughs> like that's not to that level ah we'll make it a thing uh we'll come mm -hmm. back with you very soon and we've got another fun segment to do but thank you for enlightening us on this content that we've just discussed so welcome we always like to bring you little snippets of our other shows, sister shows and shows under the Brink umbrella. The Oz Network, of course, is the one that you're probably most familiar with. We do a lot of content on that show throughout the week, throughout the year. Weekly episodes on movies and TV shows. If you haven't checked it out, you should. It's pretty bloody good, if you ask me. And uh, during the week, we did... Well, we wrapped up, I should say, our Back to the Future coverage. We did Back to the Future Month, where we covered all three Back to the Future films. It was a lot of fun. You should listen to them. They're great. And I'm going to play two snippets for you back-to-back -back here. One, Colin getting a little bit angry around uh, his beloved wife, Jamie, wanting to uh, go off at him about ice cubes. And another one, let's just say we were a little bit nerdy when it came to some facts on the show, which uh, incited a bit of a reaction. These are two short, sharp ones, and you're going to hear them right now. The original 1985 uh, DeLorean in the first movie, we get the, the flying DeLorean. The what? Uh-oh. Yes, I took all your ice. I'm sick, and I'm trying to keep... I'm <laughs> wow, I cannot win today, can I? <laughs> Jamie needs some drugs. She wants her ice. <laughs> you take all the crystal meth, too? <laughs> Coke? Oh, I I'm taking too long making decisions on which Lady McQueen's to buy. I took uh, all the ice. 
let me let me just say this in case jamie's still listening <laughs> anytime i go to get ice for a cup or something like that i'm like two ice cubes that'll do it jamie will have a cup of water or juice or anything or iced coffee and she puts half an ice cube tray in there i'm like it never melts by the time you're done put two ice cubes in there it's going to keep it just as cold six ice cubes doesn't get it colder it just takes longer for it all to melt afterwards so yes i took the four ice cubes that were left because i have two <laughs> liters of water to keep cold my apologies <laughs> colin colin uh do we need to have a chat here everything okay uh, got some frustrations to let out uh, I'm, so, I'm sick i'm trying to keep my 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 throat okay to get through this recording and i just can't win <laughs> So, um, I think we just might need to take a moment here as Colin lets everything out. Uh, he's had a frustrating day. Remember what I said before? One day Colin will be in love. Uh, actually, no, I take that back. Colin really is in love. Uh, this, this is, is love. what it is. This is a relay. How long have you two been together again for? Oh, it's been well over a decade. Uh, too long to count anymore. Um, it's about triple the amount this of time is I was Claire. married. So, uh, yeah. By, by 1995, this is what Doc and Claire are arguing about. I mean, he's, <laughs> you only have a machine that has one ice cube. I need six. <laughs> Get to work, Doc. Maybe I'll send Jamie uh, anyways. a message. Are you okay? Do you need to talk? <laughs> <laughs> so this is uh, a guy who became famous, or I guess made his fortune selling wire, got into the steel business, made an even bigger fortune in the steel business, went on to get in the gasoline business, and became the founder of Texaco, which, of course, Texaco... Mm has that presence mm, in all the Back mm -hmm. to the Future movies. So I, I, I've seen this movie dozens and dozens of times. And there's just Robert Smekis and Bob Gale wanting to have fun. We're going to throw this Texaco reference in here by having it be this guy. Hmm. And he's got this wire that nobody's going to know this unless you read it in a trivia book at some point. No. Um, but, uh... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> and not the cool type either. <laughs> no, that doesn't uh, but... get laid, no. <laughs> Uh, pre Back to the Future three Doc Browner, <laughs> uh, but I, I love Doc's line here. He's saying, uh, "Oh, don't worry, there'll be other girls." This girl was one in a million, one in a billion, one in a Googleplex. <laughs> what is that even a real number? A Googleplex? I think it is. Uh, they say something about Google. Oh, you never that's know why they call it Google because it's like a certain number, like it's more than oh, a okay. trillion. Yeah. No. Uh, Googleplex. <laughs> Nerd. I know that. Nerd. I <laughs> you just killed Colin Hildy. Oh. oh. Wow. I've got random facts on steel and, and uh, Texaco ownership. You know, yeah. Googleplex. Like, yeah, everyone knew happens? that about Google. That's why it was called Google. I, I just like... didn't occur to me. It's mm. kind of like, is that ZZ Top in the <laughs> ZZ Top beard in 1985? Just don't think about it. <laughs> now, if you like a taste of those, of course, listen to the full show. And in just about a month's time, you're going to hear those again. And uh, the variety of other best of clips that we have Throughout the year, a compilation of all the different moments in our next episode, Best of 2023. Always a fun little one that we do like to put together. So stay tuned for that. And uh, always a lot of fun. So if you like what you heard, give you a bit of a taste and a tease. The Else Network available now. Of course, we also have Off the Podium and our other great shows under the Brink umbrella. Listen to them. You won't be disappointed, or at least not as disappointed as you are listening to this show. Okay, we are back with... KC. Does anybody ever, has anybody ever spelt like K and then C to try and like annoy you? You know, like. Not to annoy me, but like back in the day when Starbucks used to like write on your cup, I would get that occasionally or essentially would get Cassie. <laughs> but. <laughs> Which, I mean, I remember in primary school there being a Casey in our class, but it was with a K. And then I was friends with a Casey during college and her name was spelled K-A-C-Y. Um, yeah, I knew a girl in college who was K-A-C-I-E. Hmm. I really do feel sorry for people who have a name that has a standardized spelling, but they spell, like my best friend throughout high school and college was Kelly. But how would you spell Kelly? K-E-L-L-Y. Yep, that's how most people would, but she was K-E-L-L-I-E. Um, oh. So, of course, she would get very I mean, annoyed sister, when people would spell yeah. it differently, you know? Yeah. My sister, one of those poor children. Yeah. Which I think, like, um, I mean, I know you, you know plenty of Lindsay's, my sister being Lindsay, but I think she one point sat down and worked out there was about, like, 82 different spellings for her name. Like, she, like, just, it was ridiculous. And what have I got? Ben. I did meet somebody with B-E-N-N. -N, and I'm like, really? Really? 
Like, what parent has gone, I'm going to call my son Ben, but I'm going to add an extra N. Like, why? That parent, <laughs> that parent who wants to be a little bit unique and not name their kid the, the same old dick. thing. But it's like, now your kid forever is going to be really bitter at you for it's, not naming them something that they could get on like a keychain. Which is like, it's bitter at the world. Because if you think about it, that kid, the rest of their life is when this being at um, actually be, and, and they're getting angry at people for no other reason than the fact that their parents had a decision at one point and they were a dick. And it's just, it's not, it's not right. Like I, I'm all for a unique name, but like if you call your kid Apple, there's only one way to spell Apple, unless you're going to be like Apple B from the black eyed peas, but whatever, like it doesn't matter. <laughs> like uh, My, one of my like favorite, um, it's like TikTok, Instagram reels. Cause I'm old. <laughs> um, people that I sometimes come across is this like, woman who lives in utah and makes fun of like the utah mom influencers <laughs> and like the name that she's given her daughter when she's like doing these little satire posts is chickenly <laughs> which like to make fun of all of those parents these days who've named their kid like mckinley or like whatever but like they spell it crazy yeah. like instead of like doing l-e-y it's l-e-i-g-h yeah. or like yeah all the crazy spellings, but like that always makes me laugh that she calls her chickenly. <laughs> we have the ones here, like it's just the bogan names, but the, the two best ones that I've ever heard of as real names, there was an Abaca because they just wanted their kid to be spelled ABC. So literally their kid was called Abaca. And the other one was called Inaka because they were conceived in a car. So they were called Inaka. Yeah, that's a great name to have for the rest of your life. Hey, my parents fucked in a car and so I'm called Inaka. I want that for the rest yeah, of my life. Yeah, just what you want to be thinking about all of the time. Which the funniest thing ever. When people I'm, are like, oh, that's so unique. Why is that your name? And you're like, oh. I remember telling that story to my mum and then my mum without like thinking a second. It was best comedic timing. She's like, oh, then you should be called in a beanbag. And I'm like, thanks, mum. Uh, <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> I'm like, yep, that, yep. Cool. Thanks, Mum. I'm never sitting in a beanbag again. <laughs> so. Uh, like, thanks, bye. <laughs> I have a book right now. It's called Q&A. We did this with Noah a few weeks ago. 365 questions, five years, 1,825 answers. Basically, uh, people should buy this book. It's great. Every day of the year, it asks you a question. And then over five years, you answer it. So I'm not going to ask you five years worth of questions here, but I'm simply going to get you to choose random dates. And then I'm going to ask you the question that is on that day. Now, 90% of these work out well. Some of them don't work out fantastic. So, like, there's one in here, I think, like, write a haiku. And I had to Google what a haiku was because I knew what it was, but I couldn't remember. So, anyway, give me a date. Well, obviously, since it was just my birthday, I'm going November 10th. And I was, I was almost directly turning to that page, assuming that you would go for that. All right. Uh, <laughs> well, then, uh, where do you find pleasure? Oh, wow. What a, like, deep question. I know, right? <laughs> um, I would say that I love, like, catching up with, like, getting to see my high school friends because we don't get to see each other very often. So when we all get together and catching up and hanging out, like, that's one of my favorites. When I get to just hang out all day and do nothing but watch like comfort movies and needlepoint stitch and just chill. Those are what an my answer. Favorites. What an answer. Yeah. So good. All right. I believe yeah. every word of that. <laughs> what about you? Do you get to answer these questions or is this just me? Well, I, I have answered that question in this book, but I'm not reading that out on air. Um, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, do you want me to? No one ever asks me the questions. I find yeah, pleasure in I'm... podcasting, Casey, because it's fun. And all thy listeners love it and are just engaged with my voice. And that's why I'm so universally famous that I can afford apartments in Times Square when I move back to New York. So in all seriousness, I do find pleasure in this, even though it's... Yeah. Anyway, uh, another date. Maybe she choose my mm. birthday. Can you remember it off the top of your head? March 18th. Oh, there you go. What a date to choose. Uh, in three words, describe your spiritu spiritu spirituality. 
in three words say spirituality. Describe your spirituality. There you go. Um. Uh, wow. Again, so deep. I think I'm more. <laughs> is it a cop out to just say spiritual? Oh. Like, I feel like. Yeah, like my version of spirituality is just like figuring figuring shit out. The universe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like I don't know, like there has to be something else out there, but I don't know what, so Yeah, that's way too deep. Words. I think I would just go yeah. does not exist. Um, maybe, I don't know. Is that three words to describe my spirituality does not exist? I Seems am like it. atheist. Um. <laughs> I mean, I would say I'm, I guess I'm not atheist. I would say I'm agnostic. Like, I feel like I believe in like the universe and I talk about the universe. the universe. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I go that length sometimes, but it's more of just yeah, a quink, like, quinky, quinky dink. Sort of things. Well, do like <laughs> do some like manifesting. Like, who knows if it's gonna work? But like, what does it hurt oh. to like put those intentions out there? These are getting very deep. I thought there was gonna be just like, what is your favorite breed of dog or something like that? Uh, what? Uh, give me another date. <laughs> um, July fourth. Oh, um, oh, there's only one correct answer. It's literally blank is funny. <laughs> ben Waterworth, yay! Am I supposed to say Ben is funny? <laughs> oh, come on. Blank is funny. Um. <laughs> wow, she's thinking about this too that? much. I mean, like, Big Mouth is funny. True. It is very funny. Yes. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say I am funny because I'm arrogant. Uh, give yeah, me another date. Um, June 5th. June 5th. I had a friend whose birthday was on June 5th. What was the last fruit you ate? Um... Hope your mum's listening to this to know you get your uh, healthy doses of fruit every week. Cranberries next week? Is that a fruit? <laughs> like, why can't I think of any? But I know I definitely... <laughs> I'm trying to think of, like, all of the things that I've eaten recently. Did you have anything strawberry-flavored recently? Like, dessert? Coming or? to mind. No? Um. <laughs> oh! Oh! Had... <laughs> Um, last weekend in New York, I don't know if this was the last fruit that I ate, but, um, we got these, um, cinnamon pear cocktails and it had a slice of pear in it. There you go. And I ate the pear. Good job. (laughs) That counts. Thank you. I don't even, I like, I mean, being keto, I don't really eat fruit. So, um, it would have been like a banana probably around Christmas time or when you were here or like back in January, I haven't. Yeah, it would have been like in the last year of January, it would have been a banana probably or an apple. So, you know, cool. Um, all right, give me another date. August 4th. August 4th. Great choice because on that day, I ask, when was the last time you were on an airplane? Um, It would have been just about three weeks ago when I was coming back from London. Correct. I, I feel like I need to play a ding sound. Yeah, I would have been about a month ago uh, when I went back to Tassie. So, yeah. Cool. London and Tassie, both yeah. very similar. Give me another date. Uh, why is this so hard? You got 366 um, to choose from. <laughs> December 5th. December 5th. All right. I am going to <laughs> Just ask gone you, to all of my family's birthdays. Who do you miss? Aw. Aww. Aww. I mean, 
Is it corny to say I miss you? Oh, <laughs> no, it's coming correct up answer. on a year since oh, we've seen each other. No, that's nice. That's the only acceptable answer. I was going to say Matthew Perry. I've been reading a lot of friends quotes recently and it's sad. I know, um, you post all of them. They're so sweet. They are. Come on. Don't be don't be mean. Um yeah, I guess I miss you too. You're all right. Um another date. Well, I guess let's round out my family's birthdays and do August 9th. <laughs> See a lot of Augusts going on here. Yeah. This and the 9th? Are they your brother yeah, and sister? August- my, no, my sister's August 4th. My brother was December 5th. My dad is August 9th. My mom was June 5th. She's going to say that your parents like to uh, canoodle at a certain time of the year. Stop. Uh, write down your last write down your last sent text message. Well, so don't write it down. Just read it, I guess, your last sent text message. I mean, are we talking WhatsApp? I'd say text. Let's go actual fun. legitimate Text like actual the last text. one that I sent. <laughs> was <laughs> I mean, out of context, makes me sent to my friend Denise. LOL, I don't own that either. There you go. I last sent yeah. one to my dad. You should definitely try and go see him in Melbourne. Worth it, he's amazing about Robbie Williams because he was debating going up to Melbourne to see him. So there you go. Um, next date. Let's do five more. Um, May 16th. May the 16th, the esteemed day where the question is, what was your favourite day this week? you got to think back to May, by the way. No, I'm, I'm joking. <laughs> um... I mean, for this week, do we count Sunday to Saturday or like when does... I don't know. It depends on what your definition of... I mean, I personally would go Monday to Sunday. That would be me. I don't buy into Sunday being the first day of the week. That's bullshit. I mean, if we're going Monday to... I don't know. I haven't really done anything this week. Except for this, and this is your favorite moment of the week. Um, I was going to say... Uh, maybe yesterday because I didn't have a very stressful day. Although, no, my mood kind of sucked yesterday. <laughs> so I heard today. That is the correct yeah, answer. Yeah, today. I'd probably sure. Last night was good because of the concert. That's, yep, yeah, sure. And today's Friday, so it's a good day for that. Uh, four more to go. Well, give me, give me another. Give me another day. Uh, what? months haven't I done yet <laughs> April 24th April the 24th is the day with the question that would be is life fair yes no sometimes not today no say no no <laughs> obviously life is that's an obvious one uh, three uh, the, uh, the, uh, next day um September 21st September 21st, which would be, where do you think your road is going? Fuck, these are deep ones. You're choosing the deep ones. I don't know where my road is going. Forward? How many roads must Casey walk down before you can call her a man? Um, Yeah, uh, New York. There you go. I'll answer that. Sure. Uh, Three to go. Next one. Oh, she's drinking a wine. October 18th. October the 18th. Uh, what famous living person would you want to meet for drinks? You've already had drinks with me, Ooh. so you, you can't. Um, Taylor Swift. Obviously. Because I think we would be great friends. <laughs> and also, she's amazing. But she just bitch about men for two hours. Um, um, no, I don't know if where you've been, but now she's in a great relationship and it's adorable. Yeah, give it a give it another and three what months. What else do you think? What do you else do you think that women who get together talk about? Um, you don't want me to answer that on air. I I I guarantee once the NFL season is over, Dunskies. Um, 
I already yeah. answered this because this is in the book. I said Barack Obama because I just think the guy's cool. And I know it's probably a cliche answer, but I'd love to have drinks with Barack. I think he'd be an amazing guy to chat with. I mean, I've got, that list is long for me, but at the time, I wrote Barack Obama. Uh, two more. Um, February 2nd. February 2nd. Who do you live with? My best friend, Lindsay. I don't live with you. Oh, all right. Okay. And what about Jack? Poor Jack. Yes. Jack is here too. Wow. He is a cat. He is a cat. I live by myself and my plant, Gaga. Uh, One more. January 28th. Oh, nearly Australia Day. Uh, How do you describe home? Comfortable. Ah. Safe. Ah. Well done. I say New York. Ah. Aww. Universe, right? Universe. Ah, that was fun. Thank you, Casey. I've learned a lot about you today. I appreciate you doing that segment. Did you? No. <laughs> but I just thought I would make it seem interesting to close this segment out. So, you know. Thank you. You're welcome. Classic <laughs> interview time. And we're going to go back to the year 2012. To speak to a beloved Australian television icon, Gretel Colleen. Now, recently, Channel 7 have uh, started airing their new season of Big Brother. And I think most people who are familiar with Gretel Colleen will remember the days of her hosting the first ever version of Big Brother back on Channel 10 during the 2000s. Seven seasons that she hosted of it, the most ever. Although I do believe Sonia Kruger is catching up slightly to our dear old Gretel on the total tally there. But uh, fun fact with this, and you'll hear me talk about this in this interview, we actually recorded the interview with Gretel about a week before this one, and there were technical issues that basically meant the interview didn't record. And we did it again, and uh, Gretel very much uh, politely did it again with us and was very polite and uh, organised it with us. So it was a great, uh, great interview. Lots of memories of that time. But uh, this is a fun chat that we had 11 years ago on the brink with Australian television icon Gretel Colleen. Gretel Colleen has enjoyed a long career in the media industry in Australia spanning over 20 years and for seven years spent times in our lounge rooms as the first ever host of Australian Big Brother. I spoke to Gretel about her amazing career in the media industry, her recent work as a filmmaker, as well as a very interesting choice when it comes to a potential childhood celebrity crush. Gretel, welcome to the brink. Thank you for having me. Massive pleasure and I will say to you, and to our listeners, we are recording this interview this time, so it's all good. <laughs> uh, did you tell everybody that you didn't record it last time? I did. I shared that with our <laughs> listeners. We're very open with our listeners here, Gretel. You know, we're like a family, so I like to tell them the truth. I think it works well. I love that. Authenticity. I think it's really important for people to talk about when things don't quite go right, <laughs> as well as when they're perfect, you know, because otherwise it sets up this standard that some people in life just seem to breathe through without any obstacles whatsoever and others feel well what's wrong with them you know that their lives aren't so easy it's good to talk about problems even if it's as simple as a studio not working yes, exactly it's one certainly that uh, we uh, never lived down for a few days no doubt Gretel but uh, look as I mentioned in the introduction uh, a f- whole lot more to your career than just hosting Big Brother you've had a wide variety of things from being an author voiceover work and at the moment I believe you're even making a film I mean does does it kind of uh, be, feel good to go out there and chat to people people like our show about things that you've done besides Big Brother? Um, well, most people like talking about themselves, so I'm probably not an exception there. Um, I, I, it surprises me sometimes that um, people think I just may think I just suddenly appeared on Big Brother, that there wasn't actually a path prior to that. You know, I started stand-up comedy when I was... Um, 20, and I was writing for Triple J when I was about that age, I think, 20, would be 21 maybe. I was writing comedy for Triple J and doing the voices, and I started doing voiceover work at 21 or so. So writing was always the mainstay of what I did, and it led me then to working on the midday show where I was Ray Martin. I wrote a, a town like Dallas, which was a send-up of, a, of Dallas, um, and Ray Martin played my husband in that. And so I was always kind of working in all of the mediums, appearing on Andrew Denton's first shows. We had a a live, um, we had a pub in Sydney, which was a live comedy acting music venue. So 
there's, there was a lot of foundation work there, you know, and I think I, I share that only because also, you know, just as we say, sometimes people don't share the hard things in life. Sometimes people also don't understand how much foundation work is put into something. And all of that is really important when you, when the day comes and you're actually standing on stage doing a live television show and someone, for example, appears with tape over their mouth or the auto cue goes or there's torrential rain and all the electricals go. I mean, these things, they require experience to allow you to cope with it. So, yeah, I've worked in a diversity of fields. It now has a name. Oh, this is what we talked about last time. And I still it don't was, know the yes. name. What is it? Portfolio. That's it. Apparently, it's called a portfolio career. Right. Which is, right. Isn't that typical? Now there has to be a label for it. I know. But you've got... You cover a whole lot of areas, but everybody who works in the arts and media, you have to cover a lot of areas because there's no ladder upwards. You know, you don't have one job and logically get promoted to the next. You can be at the top of your tree and unemployed the next day. So you have to really refine your skills in a lot of areas. Mm, absolutely. Well, we as we talked the last time we did, we were trying to put a, a label on uh, exactly what you did <laughs> since you're so uh, wide variety of things, the portfolio career. We'll, we'll, I'll note that one down, Gretel, then for, for next time. I like that. <laughs> oh, I don't really like it. I, I, the whole idea of everything having to have a label nowadays is just so weird and you hear these motivational talkers and, and people who talk about social media and there's this little grab tag for everything that just used to be called human existence <laughs> but now it's got some funky term but apparently, you know, it's not something I would refer to myself as because it makes it sound once again as though it were planned and I don't know anyone who works in the arts who has a planned career and that's, it's one of the great character traits that one must have at the beginning and one must also develop is an ability to see opportunities and pursue them and when there are obstacles, overcome them with as little resilient kind of, well, with, a, with as, little, as little damage as possible actually um, because everyone's going to have obstacles in their life. It's just how you deal with them and when you're working in the arts, you've just got no safety. So you're really out there on your wits. Mm, that's very, very true. I, I like that thinking. Well, as I mentioned, of course, uh, you're making a film. We kind of touched on that before uh, the last time we spoke, Gretel, before we uh, didn't record it. Now, you mentioned before about working on the midday show that you had Ray Martin as a husband in that. Do you think you can maybe find room for him in your, in your film you're making, Gretel, to maybe play, play your husband in that? No, well, actually, we've, we've pretty much finished shooting. We've just got to do some pickups. And the reason we did this film is not to take over Hollywood. It was, it's quite simply um, that a friend and I had always wanted to make a film. He'd worked on another one previously, um, which had theatrical release and, our, and, and a budget. Ours had no budget. It was simply that I think it's really important to do the things that you really want to do. And there are people around me who are crossing things off their bucket list, you know, the list of things that they want to do before they die. Um, not because they've done them, but because they're never going to do them. And I think pushing yourself to do things like that, whether it's make a film, which is not an easy thing to do, or climb Mount Everest, you know, whatever it is that you think you might want to do, I think it's important to pursue it. So that's where we're at with the film. We finished shooting. We're still refining the editing. Will it, will it change the world? I doubt it. I doubt it. But it's changed all of us who worked on it. And, and we had a good time, and we've grown as human beings. I like that. You've got to grow when you do these projects, Gretel. That's important. Now, with obviously not giving too much away about the film, can you tell our listeners a little bit about what it's about and maybe when we can expect to see it? Well, it's um, have no idea when you can expect to see it, but we'll keep in the loop about that. Um, it's about love between friends. It's a male and female who are very competitive. They used to go out and both of them decide they're about to die for various reasons, and it's a competition to get more attention from each other. He's an absolute narcissist uh, in a humorous way, but he's actually based on someone I know. Right. Um, and we're trying to pull him back a little bit, actually, because he's got you've got to be able to connect with characters. And uh, funny, when you look at a friendship, you think, oh, that is a bit odd, isn't it? So it's. I think a lot of times in our society when... We look at, people can say that they're in love after six months or two months and all they've ever really done is go to the movies and the pub and some dance parties and 
and whatever with each other. You don't actually know each other. It's really glibly thrown about. But friendships can actually be a very hard-earned, long-lasting, valuable love. And that's what this one's about. It's, it's looking at a friendship where the two know each other inside out and are competing to the death. Literally. Brilliant. I like the sound of that. We'll definitely keep us updated because I'm sure a lot of our listeners will be <laughs> sending in questions about it. I'm, I'm intrigued about the person you say it's based on. Do they know it's based on them or do they have to wait till it comes out? <laughs> oh, no, they know. They know. Ah, right. Um, no, I have the same philosophy as you. May as well be honest. say it. Yeah. <laughs> um, no surprises. <laughs> but but it's, only, it's only the essence of someone. It's not, you know, it's not really, it's, it's not a snapshot. Of someone, and, and I've never, in all the writing I've done, and I've written a lot of books, 20-something, um, sometimes there might be a character trait that intrigues you that you want to pursue and, and put in a characterization, but um, it's, it's never direct because that, that doesn't necessarily apply to the story that you're telling. And also, you, you don't want to kind of entangle people in your own indulgence of your creativity. So this is just... It's inspired by a friend, but it's not really them. If it were really them, they couldn't function in the, in the world because they'd be so dysfunctional. <laughs> wow, wow. I'm so intrigued about it, Gretel. I'm definitely looking forward to it. We'll get um, to some five questions we wrap up every interview with in just a second. But uh, in between the last time we spoke and between now that we're speaking, obviously our listeners knew that we had you lined up for a chat. Now, a lot of people sent me in messages wanting to find out initially about the start of Big Brother and how you were even approached to be on it and also wanting to find out your thoughts on uh, how it kind of developed over that time period and your thoughts of the show as a whole. Oh, you know, it's such a long time ago. It's, um, uh, what is, must be 11 years ago or something that I was first surprised. Yeah, 2001, I think it started, Yeah, so it's it? a yeah. really long time ago. Um, I was just rung. From what I understand, a lot of other people had been asked to audition and they simply hadn't found the right person. Um, and I was invited, and I was reluctant to, to audition because at that stage, the single women, in the sense of a woman hosting a show by herself, that just simply wasn't happening. And, and at my age, that wasn't happening. Women stopped appearing on television probably by their early 30s, and they were always the support act for a man. So I just wasn't really interested in in wasting time when I imagined they were ultimately going to go with a man anyway. Well, luckily, I did end up being convinced to go and do this audition, and it ended up being an extraordinary experience. I, I got some great friends from that time. I, As a result of doing that show, um, you know, I've, I've managed to travel to various places around the world. I've had other opportunities open up for me. None of it comes without a price. Um, because that, I, that high-profile existence is, was very hard for me to deal with. Um, the progression of it, I think I love the innocence of the first series of shows. Um, and then people became a little bit more cluey uh, in terms of wanting to have media exposure and wanting to be seen. But that's the nature of of humans, isn't it? I'm, I'm not going to judge anyone for that. It it took its natural path. Um and I'm really glad that I was a part of it. It, it was hard and challenging and rewarding, all of it. Very good to hear. Now, I will say one comment that I actually did get from a, a listener who actually uh, sent in a message from the US who, who must be watching the new series on YouTube or something and have seen some of the, the older clips of you and just messaging to say that he prefers you as a host than Sonia. Now, I, I don't want you to comment too much on that, Gretel, but I just thought I'd pass you on that uh, message from a listener of ours, Kurt. Oh, look, thanks for passing it on. I think... I, I'm not watching the show, but I know Sonia, and because uh, we appear together on Channel Nine once a week, and she's a great girl. She's a really great girl. But you know, it's all. I appreciate nice comments. Always do so. That's it nice. certainly is. Now we'll get to these five questions, Gretel. Now uh, we asked these to you last time. Now one of them you didn't want to answer. So what I've actually done, I've uh, removed that question, and I'm going to add another question that we used to ask. So I'm bringing back a classic question, Gretel. I feel like I'm going back into history here at the moment. I'm liking it. I may not answer <laughs> even now. <laughs> question number one, Gretel Colleen, What is your favourite type of cheese? Well, it is mozzarella. Today it's mozzarella, but not by itself. It's buffalo mozzarella with 
fabulous tomatoes. Mm. And then it also needs some oil on it. Yes. And some balsamic vinegar. Yes. So all by itself, it's, it's actually like eating a big... It's like eating a tennis ball. But if you add those other things, it's nice. <laughs> well, so since, that's today's favourite. Since our last chat, I looked up buffalo uh, mozzarella because we, we spoke about it last time. I haven't had a chance to try it yet, but um, now that you've mentioned it tastes like a tennis ball by itself, I'll be sure to get those tomatoes and the, the vinegar and make myself something up nice there with it. <laughs> yes, it's a bit, it is a bit plain by itself. <laughs> uh, question number two. Now, this is our classic one from the vault that I'm bringing up. Gretel Colleen, are we alone in the universe? You mean, are there aliens? Mm, yes. I think, of, I think, of course, there are other things living on all other planets. I just think our definition of life is wrong, and I think we're looking for the wrong thing. Mm, there's, a, there's a whole other episode we can get into, Greg, yeah. for a future, sh- yeah. future interview. That's why I just cut it short. It's <laughs> just one, I think... I think our definition is wrong. <laughs> yes, we'll leave that one open. Question number three, Greta Colleen, growing up, what was your dream job? Oh, it, it's possibly similar to what I have done with my career. Um, I wrote, wrote on a piece of paper when I was very young, when I grow up, I want to write and do funny voices. And, of course, doing voiceovers for 17 years, I did do that. And I have written for television and, and this film and books. So... I guess I'd better sit down and write down on another piece of paper what the next chapter will be. <laughs> yes, indeed. One of these kind of, you know, in five years' time, what do you see yourself doing? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we all love writing those ones. Uh, also growing up, Gretel, question number four, who was your childhood celebrity crush? You know, I'm, I'm really the only person who doesn't have one, I think, because I wasn't really allowed to watch television in our family. It wasn't just me. It was in our family. It wasn't a... It was just on for half an hour a night. And so the world of celebrity didn't really come through my life a great deal. And one of the, this is in, kind of embarrassing, but I I used to be in love, I've, I've read a lot and I loved quotation books. So there were really great quotes that I loved that I, were inspiring to me. Was it a celebrity crush? Not really, because I didn't. So Einstein has some great quotes, for example, but was I in love with him? No, mentally, I loved his mind. So I guess if that's a celebrity crush, that's a bit of a dicky we'll one, isn't it? it? But that was oh, it. I will accept it. I like that one. It's a bit different. It's a bit out of the box, Gretel. I, I think our listeners will accept that one, no doubt. Okay, good. <laughs> and the final question for you today, Gretel Colleen, what is your worst habit? Hmm. I don't... I think you'll start me another question. Oh, really? Okay, then. Because, yes, because... That's for other people to judge mm. what my worst habit is. Good point. If I thought it was terrible, I'd change it. That, you, I? that, that is very true. <laughs> See, I, I like the fact I like the fact that you can um, you can get into our questions and um, kind of um, get into other points that a lot of people don't bring up, Gretel. I'm liking the way you're answering them, even though you technically didn't answer it. If that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm not sure I have answered any of them, but there we go. Having a nice chat. I'm gonna I'm gonna accept it as an answer. How about that? I Thank you put very it down, much in history and Gretel Colleen it has been a pleasure having a chat with you again I'm glad we've actually recorded it this time good luck with everything good luck with the film definitely keep us updated and we'll post a link to your website on our Facebook page and our website and uh, enjoy the rest of your time doing what it is that you do <laughs> thank you so much bye bye I don't often come in after interviews but it was a nice little fun down memory lane and I enjoy bringing these with you because obviously I don't really like listening to myself all those years ago and hearing how I was back when I was doing these interviews but it's still nice little fun to to bring you these great guests we've had on the show obviously nowadays we're more of sort of a retrospective pod and we just get sort of random guests on to just talk about random things but also fun to go back down that memory lane hear who we've had back on the history of the show and uh, bring you a little bit of a taste of the good old days here in the brink perhaps if you've only tuned in for us in the podcast version you never listen to us back we're on air but that's a Nice little fun moment that I'm sure you all had fun listening to today. All right, done. That's another episode. And really the the last, technically the last episode of the year because our next episode will be our best of, which I do believe opens up with a certain somebody going, can you be serious, dickhead? Um, which, which I'm very excited to... To be part of. I was going to say, you were about to say listen, but you're like, no, I'm not going to listen to that. I'm going to, I'm going to send it to you, and I don't think you're going to listen to, like, all four <laughs> hours of it, which you should. Absolutely.
absolutely not. Hey, we're funny, all right? Our other stuff that we do is hilarious, and it's the best way to concisely listen to all the hundreds of hours of content we do throughout the year on all of our shows. So don't look at me like that, all right? I don't know what to all say. Right. That that makes – listen to it, as other people should. Um, but I appreciate your time on the show today. It has been engaging. And uh, thank you for discussing things with me. You are so welcome. <laughs> like, subscribe, do all the things. And, yeah, we'll be back in about a month's time to bring you our annual Best Of episode, which will have all the best bits of this show and all of our other shows under the Brink umbrella and everything else. And as you heard in this episode, listen to our other shows because they're good and funny. And unlike people on this episode, other people appreciate them. So I think that works. Uh, do you want to do that closing? You can do our closing. Do you remember our closing? Something about something Hobart. Keep sucking those oranges, Hobart, and good night. Ready? Go. Keep sucking those oranges, Hobart, and good night.